Welcome to the Building Bridges podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Niemergall. When it comes to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, having a faith transition can sometimes create a rift in relationships between those who leave and those who stay. The goal of this podcast is to equip listeners on either side of that rift with the tools they need to start building bridges, crossing chasms, and ultimately healing relationships through mutual respect and understanding. Each episode will feature both perspectives as we explore topics that can create these rifts, validate the struggles that they pose, and discuss tools you can use to literally bridge the gap. Let's get to building! Hello, bridge building friends! Welcome to Black and White Thinking Part 2, also known as the Bonus Rant. Amberly and I originally accorded this bonus rant before Black and White Thinking Part 1, but. You know, and it was very disjointed, and it still has really good nuggets of truth in it, and the two of them would not be complete without the other, and they are the yin to the yang, and and I am overdoing it with the ands, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Amberly. Amberly and I are going to be breaking down black and white thinking, how that affects bridge building within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I think it's a very big topic, like there's going to be so much to unload. So we are excited to get started and give all of that good stuff to you. First of all, I want to introduce our guest. Amberly is one cool cat. We we go way back, but we haven't been keeping up. <laughs> so, you know, as much as people keep up on social media, I guess. Right. So <laughs> loosely. Amberly and I met in the choir Latter-day Voices, which for the listeners that have heard the episode about Act and React with Daniel Nicholson, it is the same way I met Daniel. So we are all interconnected through this we institute are. choir, which I think I said was over five years ago or something like that. 2014. So good memory. Eight. Eight years ago? No. Oh my gosh. Well, eight this fall. Yeah. That's okay. Yep. That makes I already me had feel my so crisis weird. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I already knew that because I already said that with Daniel. And yet here I am going, wait, what? Eight years ago. Crazy. Well, anyway, Amberly, why don't you tell us your relationship with the church and how you came to be where you are with it today? Yeah. I'm one of the the many that identifies as post-Mormon. I don't love the term ex-Mormon. There's just like an angry connotation with it. And I don't feel angry. You know? I will not call you that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's a, that's a term that I think a lot of people are starting to use is post-Mormon. But anyway, um, it started when I got, like after I got married in the temple, I got married in 2017. I am since divorced. There are no hard feelings. It's okay. It's, it is what it is. But after I got married in the temple, I kind of felt like I was done. Like I did the checklist of things that like, I felt like I had been told was necessary for, you know, exaltation. And I thought to myself like, okay, well, as long as I'm a good person, what else do I have to do? And so I just kind of like stopped going to church just the physical act of going to church. Cause I was like, it's early in the morning. It's time consuming, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't feel a huge draw to it. Um, it wasn't ever like out of spite or like 
things I had heard or read, I was like, I just don't really feel the need to go. I feel like I'm spiritually full and I don't need to do the Sunday thing. And, um, and then I started studying yoga. I studied yoga at Utah state in more of an academic setting. I am a certified yoga teacher, but in those studies, I was like, I am getting just as much spiritual nourishment as I felt like I got while actively participating in church. And so it just became kind of apathy for a while. Like, eh, uh, you know, I'm, I feel good where I'm at. I'm spiritually fulfilled. And since then, like, I don't know, that's been five years now, almost since then it's more just a, my lifestyle has changed, you know, there I've always had like questions and issues, but who doesn't. And, you know, you let those affect your life at, in different ways. And I just, I made the decision probably two years ago that I wasn't ever going to go back and that's okay. And that's where I'm at. I haven't found like a new religion. I, I identify as spiritual, but not religious. I definitely feel a lot of the spirituality that I felt while I was in the church without having the beliefs attached to it. So I found it interesting how unique everybody's journey out of the church is, you know, like, yeah, that was very different from the last person I interviewed and the last person I interviewed and the last person I interviewed. It just tends to show everybody is very different. Was there anything about your faith transition that made you think, oh, this episode would be really good for me because yeah, da, 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 da. or why are you drawn yeah. to this episode? Um, yeah, I, well, because I find myself as a black and white thinker a lot of the time. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. either this way or this way. And my yoga studies is what opened me up to the idea of like, oh, well, sometimes it's both ways or sometimes it's neither. And, and so I guess I kind of just wanted to be able to talk about that and explore that more because it's been such a prominent theme in my life. I think. I don't think you're alone in that. I think it's very, very human thing. Yeah. I know it's a human thing. Well, I'm excited to see what yoga has helped you learn about black and white thinking. I have learned everything that I'm about to tell you from the internet. So you probably got (laughs) as most of us do. Amen. So why do we think in black and white? Well, because like you said, it's just very human and natural for everybody. From what I have found on the internet, our brains are naturally trying to find the path of least resistance. And the path of least resistance is simplicity. So our brains naturally see things in black and white because it is more simple and less nuanced, which means more work for us. Black and white thinking is also known as dichotomous thinking, die meaning two. And there's only two categories that we can consider. And usually that results in the two categories being polarized. Anything that helps one category hurts the other. Mm -hmm. It's kind of silly when you actually take the time to break it down into those (laughs) words, like a limited way of thinking that we often do. In fact, there was this person that, gosh, I wish I could credit the woman who said this or even the situation, but there was some sort of political accusation thrown at her. Like, I can't believe that you don't agree with the border situation. This is just me trying to find an example of this. So you're saying that you don't want anybody to come in. So therefore you want all these children to starve and die. The craziest (laughs) jump. But I loved her response. And again, I don't even know if this was the topic, but I have always remembered her response being, well, if that's your only way of considering it, then you have a very limited way of thinking. 
We're like, you don't have a lot of tools to solve this problem. If it's this yeah. or it's that, then that's a very limited approach. And I've just loved that. And it stuck with me forever. Like, yeah, how can I, how can I expand my approach to new options in the middle? Yeah. And because it is usually a middle. Like the black and white are the extremes Mm -hmm. and we are totally enveloped in that right now with our society or whatever, using society as a buzzword. Yeah. I think the way that we get enveloped in that is because first of all, I don't think we have very good examples around us of not being polarized. Yeah. (laughs) We just don't see that being healthy navigated a lot. (laughs) Right. Some things that lend themselves to dichotomous thinking can be things we fall into all the time. Caring passionately about an issue or having a strong emotional connection about a conflict. And that rings true very commonly when it comes to religious identities that you care very passionately about it. And so caring passionately about something might make it more likely for you to think in black and white about it. Another thing that Um, can lend you to be more likely to have dichotomous thinking is wanting to feel that you have a strong or complete understanding of the issue or just on the other side of that wanting to avoid feeling like you don't know what you're talking about about the other side of the issue so like I just about saving face and feeling like you're important I just think with any time and a person is expressing a thought or an opinion we expect that person to know what they're talking about And we don't really give them the opportunity to say, you know what, I don't think I fully can like express this idea because I don't know what I'm talking about. So true. If someone were to say that, I'd be like, like, hooray, I know whatever I said that, but you're right. Yeah. Just even in the car, Jeff was going on about like, I'm pretty sure this is how something is about so-and-so wrote this or whatever. And he kept going and I kept listening and he kept being like, uh, and I said, wow, you're really vamping on something you're not sure about, aren't you? And he's like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just funny. Like we do it all the time. So Amberly, do you think dichotomous thinking is always bad or is there a place for it? I was taught in, you know, when you're reading like multiple choice questions, if the, if the question says, always or never that's probably not the right answer so when you use the term do you think dichotomous thinking is always bad no not always there's there is probably a situation where it's like no it's either this way or this way and you need to figure this out but do I think it's bad most of the time yeah there's probably always a middle solution for something but when it comes to like is the answer A or B on a true or false question? It's A or B. There's there's always probably a middle solution. Yeah, I love like <laughs> the use of like, well, if you say always, or if you say never, it's most likely <laughs> oh, not. Thank you but for catching me on that. Probably, no, it's funny because here, let me let me nerd kind of just show really hard. Do you know when Obi-Wan says, only a Sith deals in absolutes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then yeah. he's saying like, this is the only case when it happens and that's being absolutist. And so like, it's always contradictory. Me and Ian McGregor are in good company, apparently. Same, because like, (laughs) I can even say like, it's not always bad to think in black and white. And by doing that, I am 
modeling to you how to avoid thinking in black and white because <laughs> that's true it's good or it's bad and I'm like oh no it's in the middle which is showing the short answer is bad. no <laughs> <laughs> which is funny you, you can just kind of go around and around and so instead of trying to label it as good or as bad I just want to help people become aware of it why is it that I am thinking about it this way and can I expand or adjust my thinking just to be aware when do I do it why do I do it is it helping to build bridges? Is it hurting to build bridges? You know, it's my specifically yeah. my MO. Anyway, I think, you know, in terms of bridge building, you can have really poor justifications for why you do things the way you do them. You yeah. can have intense hatred for the other. Well, here was an example I found online. So I'm watching the news and yes, okay, yeah, I know that MSNBC is lying. But I mean, okay, I know Fox is lying too. They both lie, but you know what? Fox lies more. And so I'm going to listen to this one. It's like, okay, why yeah. are you saying that this lies more? You're admitting that it's lying. Like, just go and find something that's true instead of trying to justify or use this strange, irrelevant comparison to say like, well, this is even worse than this. And you miss the existence of the fact that there are more relevant conflicts going on. I don't know. Maybe none of that really made sense. Honestly, I was just trying to read these bullet points as I was talking. <laughs> You're good. No, I did want to say something like you said earlier that like black and white thinking doesn't open you up to the idea of, you know, a middle ground. And I think that a good way to think about that is black and white thinking doesn't open people up to the idea of having a conversation. Like, oh, this is this way. And so there's no reason for me to talk about it or express interest in another way because it is this way, which I think, I mean, this whole podcast is about building bridges between current members of the church and post members of the church. I think that's an issue we run into a lot of the time is post members say, no, this is true. Like this is what this is. And current members say, no, this is what's true. And we're unwilling to talk about the potential of a middle because we're all being like, no, this is what's true. And yeah. so there's no need to talk about it. And I think that's, we just need to talk to each other. Yeah. That's I was going to say, what would that look like? Like if I say to you, Amberly, you know, yeah. what I think is true is I think that Joseph Smith saw God and that he has brought forth this awesome book that I think is written by prophets. And like, what would you say to that? And how can we navigate middle ground thinking, you know? A good way for me to respond to that is I recognize that that fits into your worldview and how you believe in God. And I believe in that same God. And whether I think that specific event happened is probably irrelevant because the point of it is that I am willing to accept that that can be true because mm -hmm. I don't really know. And as long as there's someone on the other side that is potentially willing to say, I am, you know, if given new information, I would be willing to accept that that didn't happen. That's where the understanding comes of, you know what, there's a lot of things in my life that I don't know for sure. And so I'm willing to accept that the opposite might be true. I don't want to close my mind to that. Because if I were presented new information that's solidified the, that specific event you're talking about, I would, ex I would 
I would like to think I would accept that. That's awesome. You know, let me just say, I like that in your approach of that, you said, Hey, I believe in the same God that you're talking about too. And it kind of that, even just saying that sort of, to me, builds this middle ground of like, you know, I might think that God didn't do that, but if you think that he did, we're still believing in the same God. And I'm not saying that your beliefs are unfounded and like your God is dumb and my God is good. Like it's the same guy. And so if we both trust the same guy, then we can both trust that what happened or what didn't happen is, I guess how you said it, like it's irrelevant. And it's I mean, what I we do with me, that information of like, no, I believe in this God. He, you know, if he did that or not, I still believe in this deity and I try to live my life on that. And I can trust that if you and I believe in the same type of deity and all knowing omnipresent, beautiful, gentle deity, whatever, that you are aligning your life with that because I trust you as a person and mm-hmm. I trust me as a person that I am aligning my life with that as well. And isn't and, that really the core of what we want to yes. communicate to one another really? Yeah. I think, you know, for me, the core <clears throat> is like, let's talk about love and that God who is good and inspires beauty and has kindness to show my approach is less about like, you know what, the restoration happened and I need you to be on board with this because this is this was like, okay, all of that stuff. Like I also like it, but I don't like it in the context of you don't do it. And therefore I want to bring it up and shame you about it because that's right. not love. And that's not the God that I'm trying to serve is like, you never like helped anybody by shaming them. You know, right. Christ never was like, I'm going to shame you into following me. To shame you. It's just not the way. And I think a lot of times when people try to approach bridge building with black and white, they are subconsciously, I totally don't think it's the intention, but underneath the surface, I think what's happening is like, they're trying to shame you into following their religion because like, why did you leave the church? Like, don't you know better? There's an agenda. Yeah. And I mean, well, and post-Mormons do it too. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. We all do it. I'm doing it right now. My agenda is to build a bridge. My agenda is all about bridge building and like finding right. ground. like, I will admit I've got an agenda, you know, I've got biases and stuff, but at least I can recognize that that's my agenda. And I think well, a lot really of times all people you can don't do. like yeah. getting rid of the agenda is probably not going to happen because our belief system, especially in the culture we grew up in is so ingrained in our personality and our day-to-day lives. Like I also have an agenda and, you know, I'm probably not going to talk about it because it's not what's important here. What's important is that you and I are talking to each other, not trying to convince each other of anything. You know, this conversation is more important than whatever agenda we accidentally brought to the table. It's not malicious. It's, there's no ill intent, but you know, when you believe something vehemently that, I think this is true. You want the people you love to agree with you because you just do. You've talked on other episodes of your podcast. Like I want to be liked. I am so like that. It is almost a fault. I want to be liked. I want people to agree with me and any way I can do that. I want to, and I'm trying to get out of that, but I'm trying to remember back to something you were saying. I think it was like, okay, whatever maybe agenda I had is not as important as the fact 
of the connection that we're talking. And that yes. is really what I think bridge building is about. Yes. Because, you know, for me, when I first thought about making this podcast, I was like, you know, Jeff, is this seem like a lesser thing to do with my life? Like, shouldn't the best thing I do would be bringing people to Christ? You know, like, isn't that what missionary work is? And this isn't missionary work. Like, this is not missionary work. <laughs> and I, I kind totally of disagree. Weighing them. Well, I, I came to that conclusion yes. in a way because I yes. said, and then I do want to hear what you're saying, but let me finish this thought. It's just that I'm like, well, I want to bring people to Christ. But in my mind, I ended up realizing I can bring people to Christ if my definition of Christ is goodness and love and connection and respect. And that is, you know, one of my many definitions of Christ. And so even though, you know, my, cho- my choice to focus on bridge building instead of trying to get people to make covenants, they're different routes. But to me, I'm still bringing people to Christ because I'm trying to inspire goodness. And, you know, even if I'm talking to someone that's not a Christian, I would still say like, yeah, I'm trying to bring you to Christ. But in this context, I'm not trying to convince you of who Christ is. What I mean by that is I'm trying to help you be good, to be kinder and this and this and this, because to me, that's what Christ is like, not trying to convert you to believe in Jesus, but everything that Jesus stands for that's good. I want you to embrace that. Does that make sense? No, that's exactly what I was going to say is like, I, you know, people fall into the trap of I'm trying to bring people back to church. Well, church Sunday service is a mechanism to get people to strengthen their faith strengthen their beliefs, feel something beautiful. And if we can cultivate that by just having a conversation, you don't have to go through the missionary work of potentially someone having a bad experience of you trying to convert them when really the point is, is to just get people to feel love and like express love. Yeah. You think, what is, what is the end goal of missionary work quote unquote what is the end goal anyway well it's to bring people this joy and this joy yeah and I mean it is also to you know find Mm. what steps you need to take to salvation but I I feel like that's kind of going to work itself out after (laughs) and right now like what's more important what is like really the end goal is like let's have love and kindness prevail so kind of diving back into my outline as I glance over it, thinking about black and white thinking. I thought of the scripture that I'm like, is there any scripture that could even touch on my thoughts about this? And there was, did you think of this scripture too? That was like, if it's lukewarm, I'm going to spread it out. <laughs> okay. I was not a big scripture reader. Not a, so. not a big scripture reader. Okay. <laughs> I used to, on my mission, I was like the sister that was like, there's a scripture for that. <laughs> like, yeah. through no, like, it's great. Well, I'm doing that here in the Bible. I can even pull it up because I'm not going to quote it very well, but I was thinking, like I read this and I'm like, Oh no, this doesn't fit in my agenda. You know, But I think that's important to like bring it up and be like, okay, well maybe I can learn from this source and this source. And I don't want to ignore something just because it's not what I was expecting to fit yeah. into my agenda. And so I want to bring up this scripture that says, So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I wouldst that thou wert cold or hot. And I was like, okay, well, now it's like the Bible is trying to encourage us to choose a side, this or that, black or white. 
And I was like, well, I don't want it to say that <laughs> because I want it to be Wait, like, that doesn't fit in with my pre-diagnosed agenda. Exactly. But <laughs> I'm still going to like think, okay, well, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. And I, I recently had this, somebody said this cool thing that made me understand, like maybe the point of scriptures is to like, not necessarily take it always literally, but to wrestle with it and think like, okay, well, maybe it meant this in Hebrew. And like, how can I contemplate and ponder this to get me closer to God? And so instead of just being like, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to contemplate and ponder these scriptures. And here's kind of what I pondered. If you don't mind me sharing my ponderings from them in the one verse, it says like, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I thought about it really hard. And I thought about this person that's just like a flumping bump on a log that's not committed and won't take any step one way or another. Like when I was going to marry Jeff, well, he was like, Hey, why didn't you marry me? And I was like, Hey, I don't know about that, but maybe. (laughs) And he was like, Hey, why didn't you marry me? And I was like, yeah, we'll see. And I just really wanted God to tell me, you know, and then I had the idea of like, well, you just need to choose yes or no. Yeah. Because sometimes like you just got to do something. And if you're just sitting there like this little flumping bump on a log, and your works are neither cold nor hot, but like, I don't know, maybe I'll marry you. Then like, you can't move forward. Right. And so it's I not productive. That, yeah. What we can learn from the scripture is like, don't avoid being committed to something because that can lead you to further inquiry and knowledge. If you can say like, is Hitler a good person or is Hitler a bad person? That's black and white. But if I can say Hitler is a bad person. Okay, great. Now you can like further explore that and at least learn more but if you just sit around and say like well I don't know I can't really say then you're not learning anything about him or the people that he hurt does that make sense yeah Yeah. if you're going to live in black and white thinking you know if something is going to be dichotomous you should have a reason as to why it is because if you don't you haven't thought it all the way through and maybe that might not be the conclusion you should be coming to Hmm. I just think if you if you're dealing in absolutes, if you're going the Sith route, you should have a good reason. Because your your potential black and white thinking of no, I'm going to commit to this idea or this thought could potentially hurt someone. And if you if that's going to happen, you should try to be able to validate it. Like, no, this is how this is, and this is why this is how this is. Because I think it's all about understanding on either side. And, you know, if I can understand, okay, Taylor believes this and she gave me a good reason why I'm not going to question her. But if you're going to say, if you say something like, no, I believe this, I know this to be true, but you can't tell me why, it's kind of hard for me to try to find a middle ground there and be like, oh, maybe that could be true. Like, oh, no, she just said it was true without giving me any reason. And so why should I believe her? You know, the phrase know. that came to mind is like, believe what you know and know what you believe. Yeah. Yeah. You should know what you're talking about. Although I think I don't want to discredit the space for growing in faith when you're not sure, um, you know, when you're like a little baby and you're learning, that's OK, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So and I don't want to say like. like you need to know everything yeah. about what you believe. Like it's okay if you're growing. Well, and having an open mind when presented with new information is important. Okay. You know the, <laughs> the saying that's like, you know what? If bad things happen, all it needs to contribute to that is if good men do nothing, 
that kind of contributes like again to like well maybe you should not be a fence sitter lukewarm in the middle anyway that's just what are I'm we saying. like unproving our point kind of but that's good On for accident. your brain I think it's Ugh. okay like you prove your yeah. point but then you're like I'm you're being open-minded Amberly so you're like I don't know like <laughs> this is the point that I think I have but I think it's more important to think deeply about it and then you know continuously consider it so yeah. and like just challenge like you like I've heard that saying all my life you know like the only thing that needs to happen for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing I've heard that all my life but I'm like okay now maybe I could challenge it because what does that mean for good men to do nothing just reevaluating, and I think especially circumstantially yeah because like I believe a really awesome firm testimony can be a beautiful thing to hear in a certain context, but in a, in a different context, I think that it can be very damaging. Like for example, yeah. just the other day, I saw somebody that I know had left the church post like, hats off to people who can um, adjust their beliefs when they get new information. And somebody get, gets in there and like, I'm gonna bear my testimony. You know, a testimony is a great thing in a certain place and time. Place and time. Yeah. But right now, I think subconsciously, that is a little bit more of like a shaming tool. <laughs> so yeah, I can even evaluate like the importance and the meaningfulness of a testimony circumstantially. And yeah. I think you were even saying like, I don't like it if you can't tell me why. A lot of testimonies are built on like, I just know. Not knowing why. Yeah. I just, I feel it. And if I know it's true, then that is all I can tell you. And that needs to be good enough. And I think that that does have a powerful effect if the setting is right but if it's like one of the settings of like I'm trying to convince you of this then it's just kind of like a shutting down situation yeah and I realized earlier in saying that I was being closed-minded like if you believe something you better be able to tell me why there are plenty of things where I'm like no this is true I probably <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how or why but it's probably true so you know I should practice what I preach. Well, well, I, it all goes back to like <laughs> being willing to say, and you already said it, like, I like to think that I'm open to changing my mind if I'm presented with more information. So yeah, that's what matters. I think there's just like, this could go all over the place. So sorry that I'm not very cohesive. <laughs> but well, I know I knew this going in, like, this is a huge, big topic. That's hard to discuss and nail down. Like, yeah, I knew this going in. No okay. worries at well, all. We are kind of all over the place and there's still so much to talk about. So we have decided that we're going to break this into a two-part episode, kind of being in a jumpy-ish way. I want to maybe end with two profound thoughts and you can respond to them as you see fit. Um, oh, I believe that God is the author of diversity as the creator of all things that we even can conceive. So in keeping with that idea of God in mind, I wanted to read a quote from Elder Christofferson, and then I wanted to share a thought I heard from another podcast. So firstly, Elder Christofferson said, the diversity we find now in the church may be just the beginning. Frankly, I think we will see greater and greater diversity. The fact that people can bring different gifts and perspectives and the wide range of variants and backgrounds and challenges that people face will show us what really is essential in the gospel of Christ and that much of the rest that has been 
perhaps acquired over time and is more cultural than doctrinal, can slip away and we can really learn to be disciples. To me, that kind of ties back into the, well, even if I feel like I'm not doing missionary work, I can still feel like I'm doing work for God and being a bridge builder instead of saying like, well, it's black and white. You're either, you're doing missionary work or you're trying to encourage people to leave. Like people might look at my podcast and be like, well, it can only be one of those two things. (laughs) And okay, okay, first of all, that is not true. It's not black and white, but I, I just want to let the cultural stuff that doesn't matter slip away and focus on Christ. Yeah, and I would agree with that in saying focus on love because you know Christ is outside of my current belief system but never ending and omnipresent love is my current belief system hey you know kudos to you to correcting me on that and I wish I had thought to ask you earlier I just you know we always assume things that not 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 correct Jesus isn't in part of your belief system Thank you for telling me that. I'm glad to know that. I'm sorry I assumed that he was. Well, but the, I don't know, I guess you can choose to keep this or not. There was a yoga guru who was talking at the Chicago World's Fair in 1893. He was introducing yoga to the West. And he said, we are all, you know, paraphrasing, obviously, we are all talking about the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Even an atheist who says, I don't believe in a deity but I do believe in energy or the, the existence of karma or things like that. From my understanding, from my limited scope of human understanding, that very well could be the same thing as like Christ's love or the God that Christians believe in that literally built the world. Who am I to say? Cause I don't know. And so I, while the person of Christ is outside of my belief system, his existence and his purpose is not like it's fits in with, I do believe in a God personally. Do I believe that it's a human man? Probably not, but he is omnipresent. They, whatever the deity I believe in is omnipresent and ever loving and all knowing just the same as yours is whether I attach a name to that or a history to that is you know right is what it is but we're talking about the same thing just in different ways every belief makes sense in context and if you are going to choose to believe in an absolute truth let's let that fit the context of other people's beliefs totally yeah if I believe in that you know, maybe someone's over here is going to call it an energy and I'm going to call it the love of Christ. I'm okay with thinking, but that's still the same. Yeah. I love that. And it actually leads really well into my next point from this podcast. I love to quote, it's called the faith matters podcast. Mm -hmm. And this was featuring not Brad Wilcox, but a different Wilcox. Sorry, Mr. Wilcox out there for not remembering your (laughs) name, but um, it is Episode 84, part two, because like they had to do two parts as well. I'm really cool. People do two part episodes yeah, sometimes, um, but in 15 minutes, he talks about like his love for all different religious beliefs and learnings. And he said this really awesome teaching from the Quran that I like latched onto. The Quran teaches that we need to be tested and true to what we know, that all people are given certain truths 
And if we are in competition with one another, let's be in competition to see who can do the most good, not who is the most correct. Yeah. And that God made otherness to see how we would deal with it slash how we would learn from it. Are we doing a very good job? Because it's out there and we can grow so much by instead of being like, you know what? My church is true. Therefore, your church is false. Like I am of God. You are of the devil. Instead of being like that, like what can we learn from each other? Let's not be in competition to see who is the most correct, but who can do the most good. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to our special bonus rant all about black and white thinking, but also all about like a heck of a lot of other things. It was a lot of random, applicable, wonderful things that are relevant to bridge building, but honestly, not all of it was about black and white thinking. It's fine. For example, I really liked something that Amberly brought up about shelving our agenda. What is the accidental agenda that we might both be bringing to the table, and how can we just not make it about that agenda? That was so cool. I would love to dig into that more, but I'm going to save that for an upcoming episode about communication and conflict. But just know that I'm holding back here because shelving the agenda is really cool. Again, um, we talked about a lot of things, but I felt like it was important to leave this available for our listeners. I hope you guys got some good stuff out of it. I'm just going to tell you what I got out of it because, you know, it's time for tidbits and takeaways with Taylor. And as always, I love hearing your tidbits and takeaways. Here's one thing that was cool. I don't know if you guys noticed. Again, this isn't really about black and white thinking, but there was this example of vulnerability being used and reciprocated instead of used against me or used as ammo. We were kind of dancing around the concept of saying, I know, without backing it up with proof. Amberly was dancing around that. I thought maybe she was talking about like how she might not like when people say, I know the church is true and I don't have to tell you why, like a testimony. And instead of being afraid, I went ahead and said, kind of like when people say, I know in a testimony. And we talked about that a little bit. And instead of her taking that as ammo to be like, yeah, that's such black and white thinking. Like, why would you ever do that? Members are like stupid to do that. Instead of doing that, she did not use my vulnerability against me. Instead, she's like, you know what? Maybe I wasn't even practicing what I was preaching because sometimes I don't always know how to back up my beliefs either. And I don't know how to justify them. So I just thought that was really cool because we were dancing around it. I was vulnerable. I said, yeah, I'll let this come to light. And instead of using it against me, she came vulnerable too and was also open to being like, yeah, maybe I take that back a little bit. So that was just really cool bridge building happening in real time. Other tidbits and takeaways. I really liked how she talked about the fact that we are all talking about the same thing and we just have different histories or names that we attach to it, it being like God or deity. I thought that was really insightful and I have space in my beliefs to believe that I really liked it. Here's another takeaway. Church is a mechanism to strengthening your faith. That was really cool. It made me think more about like, what is the end goal here? What is the end goal for me to respond to this Facebook post and try and get somebody back in the church? What's my end goal? Is it to get them back in the church? Because church is a mechanism to helping them strengthen their faith in God. 
I love how she said this conversation that we're having is more important than whatever our beliefs are. And she said, you know, my the beliefs about the restoration are irrelevant. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Did I mean to say you as a listener, like your fundamental beliefs about the restoration are irrelevant? Of course not. I did not mean to say that. Did I mean to say they were irrelevant to that particular conversation while bridge building? Yes. And there's a difference, so think about that. Anyway, those were my tidbits and takeaways. Hope you all enjoyed. Can't wait to hear yours. Over and out. Thank you for listening. Building Bridges is brought to you by me, Taylor Niebergall, and the hardworking volunteers who co-host with me. The music was written and recorded by Bethany Sorensen. If you like what you've heard, consider submitting a review or sharing it with others. To submit ideas, contact me at buildingbridges.taylor at gmail.com or check out our Facebook page, Building Bridges Podcast. When you all start crashing down and your feet don't touch the ground and you Together we can make it